Welcome to Paving the Path. I'm your host, Shiva Mirosaini. People know me as a customer experience champion and a digital executive at Fortune 50 companies. I plan on paving the path in my show with women game changers, thought leaders, and executives touching the entire spectrum of digital transformation in healthcare. Join me in exploring the digital renaissance that's shaping healthcare today and forever, changing the future of wellness, care, and health. Welcome to another episode of Paving the Path, where we explore the intersection of technology and healthcare. Today, we are discussing the climate crisis and its impact on healthcare and the U.S. healthcare ecosystem. Talking about the climate crisis is like taking our planet to the doctor for a checkup. Ignoring the symptoms puts our health and well-being at risk and leads to even heftier healthcare bills that we cannot afford to ignore. That's why I'm dedicating today's episode to examining the impact of the crisis on healthcare and its rising costs. To put things into perspective, the CDC has identified various domains of concern, including air quality, extreme heat, and vector-borne diseases, each having significant effects on both healthcare and costs. According to the CDC, healthcare costs will be increasing to $2 billion annually by 2030 and $14 billion annually by 2050. So join us as we discuss these challenges with healthcare industry experts and explore the solutions to mitigate these impacts. Today, we are joined by Nazish Riaz, a healthcare technology partner at Engages, a leading consumer engagement consulting firm. Nazish has been working in healthcare for 15 years, partnering with plans, providers, and hot tech companies to improve healthcare consumer engagement. Her passion for climate crisis has led her to volunteer roles with the UN, nonprofits, and NGOs working on policy change and advocacy related to the climate crisis and its disproportionate impact on marginalized communities around the globe. She has facilitated workshops and forums at the UN, conferences for the non-governmental track. I've known Nazish for years and I'm fascinated by her knowledge of the U.S. healthcare ecosystem, but probably more importantly, by her dedication to learn about the climate crisis and informing the rest of us about how to cope with the new reality that's upon us. Nazish, welcome. It's great to have you with us. We have quite a bit to cover, so I'd love to jump right in. Perhaps to start with, please tell us a little bit about yourself. What led you to your current roles, especially interest in climate change and climate leadership and volunteering roles that uh, you have right now? Happy to. Well, a little bit of background about me. I was born and raised in Pakistan, and I like to tell this story to everybody that I grew up right next to a freshwater stream, which I played in and hung out with my friends around that freshwater stream. But about 10 years ago, I visited that town and that water stream is not there. And that is one of the reasons why I started thinking about or working within the climate area and with regards to the healthcare work that I'm doing, in a way, both climate and healthcare impact humans. And I think that's the key for me where I want to work in fields that impact human lives 
people like me, you, everybody else around us. And my involvement with United Nations is mostly related to my work around the advocacy and education of the how climate crises is impacting people who are marginalized, for example, women, children, people in global south, people in the United States of America who live in the areas where the environment already is degrading heavily and what kind of impact it has on their daily lives, or I should say our daily lives, including ourselves. And that's the kind of work that I do with the various NGOs that I volunteer for. We go attend the You may have heard about the climate change conferences known as COPs. We attend with United Nations, go there and across people around the globe, meeting people, sharing ideas, learning about the solutions and what people are doing and what we are doing collectively to move forward on this work. Yeah, I mean, it's just listening to you, I'm reminded of it takes a village to do anything. But when it comes to climate, it takes the whole world to really unite against something that individually or even as as one country, it's really difficult to make a significant, meaningful impact on. I'm struck by some of the examples you and I have discussed in the past. Maybe you can shed some light on just the numbers, how our lives across the world has been impacted. Absolutely. I'll say, I think the one of the biggest impact that the world right now is seeing as a result of the floods, hurricanes, heat waves, or the fires is the displacement. And I think there is an estimate out there that there are about 20 million people who are forced to leave their homes every year. And just to put this in perspective, this is roughly equal to the population of the five largest cities in the United States of America. Imagine if people living in New York, L.A., Chicago, Houston and Phoenix were displaced and the toll that it takes on the mental and physical health of the displaced people, there's no match. It's huge. And this number is increasing and it's every year. And then if really other than the displacement, then I think there was a report that came out from Lancet a few years ago that says that there are about 5 million deaths that are associated with extremely low or high temperatures yearly. And the number of people dying from heat waves is increasing worldwide. And coming from Pakistan, it's a very real thing for us. Like it's heat waves and people's death are directly correlated. And I'll share some of these stats. And I know we will talk about the solutions as well. I want to be mindful that these are hard things to hear. So bear with me a little bit. So, and there are over 930 million people in our world, about 12% of our world's population spends 10% of their household budget on healthcare. It's already expensive for us as individual for healthcare. We're spending a lot of money on health and health-related issues. And the poorest people 
largely uninsured. These health shocks are impacting them a ton. As we all know that about 100 million people are pushed into poverty every year because of the impacts of other things, but climate change is part and parcel of this situation. And talking about the dollar amounts, I think United Nations estimates about two to four billion dollars per year by 2030 in the direct damage costs to health because of these climate related events. Wow. I think it's uh, worth taking a moment uh, of silence just to digest the tremendous impact of some of these changes that are impacting our lives. And it's, you know, unnoticeable until you have the crisis actually hit your town or household. But I think by and large, as you mentioned, the frequency of these changes are increasing. And every time the depth uh, is just getting more exacerbated. So with that in mind, given your role, and you gave us some examples as a, as a consultant, you know, you're working with leaders uh, in healthcare, hospitals. I know it's near and dear to you, the impact that these changes are having on the health professionals. And we already have a shortage of doctors, nurses, medical equipment, and more complex health situations, at least in the US, and I'm sure even more so around the world. How do you see all of this come together? And if you can also shed some light on some mitigation strategies as well. Absolutely. So I'll start with a little bit of a bigger picture and then go deeper into how in my day-to-day life, I am seeing the impact of these things. So a few years ago, climate conversations were about preventing or reversing the impacts of this crisis. But now more and more, everyone is talking about minimizing the impact of this crisis, building climate resiliency, and adaptive infrastructure in all areas of our lives, including human health and healthcare systems. And we all know earlier we said that it takes a village to make these changes and we need massive transformation and reimagination of our economies, societies and systems in order to survive this crisis. And in my day job, partnering with the health plans and health tech companies, my core job is to remove barriers that are in the way of accessing healthcare for consumers, for people within the healthcare system. And that includes the SDOH barriers. And for within healthcare, I think the most significant impact of the climate crisis is on the social and environmental determinants of health. And what are those? Food, housing, clean water, and air. And as we all know, like many other things in our world, the climate crisis impact is not equal on all populations. It is worse for already vulnerable people. The relationship between the air pollution and respiratory illnesses, we all know, it's widely known from allergies to asthma. Food and waterborne diseases are on the rise and will keep rising. And the extreme weather events make people with existing conditions more likely to be impacted. 
and then loss of transportation and healthcare facilities during floods, hurricanes, and fires is a threat multiplier for human health. This crisis actually threatens any little progress that we have made over the years in the area of health equity. And now I'll give you an example, a real life example of the storm in Texas a few years ago in winter. My team was working with a condition management tech company that had to close its offices due to storm-related disruptions. And what we are seeing within the healthcare provider networks, that people have to evacuate during the extreme weather conditions. And it will become more and more harder and expensive to make the healthcare facilities available to people. You know, access to care already is difficult with these disruptions. That's even more challenging. But another issue is really around mental health, whether it's earthquake that you probably saw in in Turkey or a fire in, in California or actually even some of the more strikingly surprising places around the world the heat wave in, in Europe, uh, the displacement or these adverse effects are pretty traumatic on the lives of people. And I'm thinking about already shortage of social workers, therapists, you know, psychologists, and how that access and that kind of mismatch between supply and demand is exacerbated by these events. I just don't know if we are ready for that yet. Yeah, absolutely. And also I think, just as a frank friend and not as a policy person or a healthcare worker, this is an enormous problem that sometimes I feel like we are going through the collectively, all of us are going through this, you know, reckoning with the problem psychologically, emotionally. And some of us are in the denial stage. Some are are in like the grief stage and some are finally in the accepting stage. And I think the opportunity or in this world, I think the first and foremost most thing is just understanding like slowly understanding the impact of this crisis on our systems, our people, from food systems to water to mental health to all the areas. Just getting that understanding will help us come together to find solutions, right? That's the that's the hope that if you were to ask me, the hope in this whole scenario is that hope that one day, enough of us will come together to work in a way that we can make big enough dent in this problem that we can set up systems that are resilient, that actually care for people. They are built like, for example, for, you know, health plans, providers. I see there is a tremendous opportunity on really understanding the healthcare consumer and their social and environmental determinants of health and harnessing the power of data through the AI tools that are plenty now out there to really identify people at higher risk and then finding solutions to reduce that risk. What would it look like for us to see that somebody had an appointment and they needed transportation. And then as a result of that flood, they might not be able to travel. 
So having systems, opportunities where we completely can track that person who missed that appointment to schedule that appointment after that flood event is over. I think I've been loving this idea of uh, food as a medicine. It's gaining traction within our industry. But again, right, we cannot achieve the full benefit until we transform our food system and including protecting the natural ecosystem, changes in our diet, farm food production improvements, and also decarbonizing the supply chain, right? We cannot solve one problem and create another one as a result of one of the solutions. And then at the end of the day, right, the policymakers have some work to do too, that we need to incorporate climate perspective and build resilience and actually funding for the healthcare system for optimal access, cost and quality of care within the U.S. and across the globe. And again, going back to starting from the beginning, I think there is a deep need for understanding how this crisis is impacting our health, healthcare use, quality and cost. And I think that that's the missing piece here that we don't, we haven't even touched the surface of the impacts and what's really going to happen and how we're going to change things. Right. I mean, we haven't, I think, from a timing perspective, perhaps, and this is the hopeful Shiva talking, it couldn't have come to this stage at a better time. I'm thinking of um, this AI company I'm talking to that uh, is leveraging essentially uh, generative AI to intervene and assist therapists and mental health workers through chat. And it sounds like a human, it's very contextual, it's very personalized, and it's a global platform and they're helping individuals across the world And they have, um, from what I have seen, like de-escalated thousands of even severe mental issues like suicide. And when the earthquake in in Turkey and uh, Syria happened, they were one of the first responders to go down and really get in touch and support the the people in need. And so that's just, you know, we wouldn't talk about this five years ago even, that a product driven by AI could really intervene and help people with trauma to alleviate some of that pain. When you talk to clients technologists, startups, you know, or peers, you know, what other trends are you looking at that you take with you to some of these conversations at the UN or nonprofit or these councils around the world? Yeah, absolutely. I think the one of the totally agreeing with uh, you that we have plenty of solutions. I think the issue right now that we have is the issue of scale and adoption. So there is so much out there, but to, as you were saying that, you know, it's very little or little adoption, but to another point that I would say, I think the, the telehealth is becoming quite an, a trend where how the healthcare industry and you and I were part of that transition, right? How we transition from a a paper-based industry to digital industry in like over 
COVID. And also, I think as humans, we have dealt with these types of problems before too, that we are resilient enough people that we can get through this too. And telehealth is becoming a you know, a super opportunity. Like, for example, if let's say in my mind, if we are at a stage where data interoperability is at a point where let's say we are close a healthcare facility closed at one in one area, but is there a possibility to utilize digital tools or transfer the data information for those patients live? to a completely different area and see what resources are available, what physicians or any healthcare workers are available out there who can support this. And another trend that is interesting is training the healthcare resources on being aware of climate sensitive issues. There are things that are directly being caused because of whether it's waterborne diseases or insect bites and things like that. So I think the training the healthcare workers in a way which is different than before, right? And then giving them tools, whether those are digital, like the chatbots that you were talking about, having the ability to Listen, you know, parse the conversation that the doctor and the patient is having and propping up some information that would be useful in that conversation. Those are the type of things that could sound small right now, but can be game changers in future. Absolutely. Absolutely. Every little thing counts. Well, this is fabulous. Any final thoughts that you want to share with us? And probably more importantly, if people want to get in touch with you through the work that you're doing directly with the UN or through your consulting firm, Engages, I know you're very active leading some of these conversations, even with your clients. How do our listeners uh, reach out to you and connect with you? Absolutely. I would love to hear from folks on either end. It doesn't matter. From my perspective, it's the works are on both sides of work are connected. I think engages.com is a good place for folks to go. And then LinkedIn, I'm happy to connect. And Riaz at engages.com is my email address to be more specific. And I'm not a big social media person, but if you want to reach out to me on other social media channels too, happy to connect there as well. Fabulous. Well, Naz, thank you so, so much for making time for us. This was a great conversation. And for our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. So much to be hopeful about, so much to be aware of. And this was just a nugget of, of what is ahead in terms of global crises, but also all the opportunities that can help humanity overcome, adjust and adapt to the changes that are, you know, acceleratingly affecting our lives. With that, thank you all for listening and tuning in. Until next time. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please spread the word. Tell your colleagues to tune in for all the awesomeness, then leave a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen. This show is produced by Shift Forward Health, the channel for changemakers. Subscribe to Shift Forward Health on your favorite podcast app, and you'll be subscribed to our entire library of shows. See our full lineup at shiftforwardhealth.com. One subscription, all the podcasts you need, and it's all for free. And remember, we might have a lot of work to do in healthcare, but we'll get there faster together. Thanks again.